Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thethriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Hey 
Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us on the Thrive Bites podcast. This is season four, and we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine, and I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant-powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live, we're taking it on multiple platforms, and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this, and please remember to like and subscribe down below, and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. I am super stoked for you guys to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to join us on this live stream Q&A portion of season four. That's four, and we are super excited for today's episode two with Chef Colin. And um, I am super stoked. Um, I am going to read you and introduce uh, a little bit about him, and we'll get into the story of uh, why he is here. He has an extensive resume, so <laughs> I will uh, definitely uh, go into it. Um, Chef Colin was born in the small region of Niagara, Canada, and he has an average upbringing from middle to lower class really, really hardworking parents. I definitely resonate with that. And uh, he tended to a very large fruit farm in his nearby town called Niagara-on-the-Lake. And uh, he currently lives there now with his wife, Jacqueline, um, and that is uh, there in his childhood home. Over time, he started um, his interests at the age of 12 with his mother, grandmother, aunts, and uncles on his fruit farm, and just to make extra cash through the summer. And uh, over time, he started um, at the age of 16 as a dishwasher and working at local Four Diamond Hotels and started his culinary culinary arts journey at the age of 29. Um, as a chef, um, over time, um, since 22, he started at first catering company. And then over time, he became an executive chef, manning the helm at four to five diamond restaurants, wineries, cafes, and hotels. But he wasn't satisfied. So he didn't stop until he started at uh, the age of 37, started his first catering company. And then the pandemic uh, changed his life amongst all of our lives. And then he did something very, very incredible. And uh, he started into his plant-based nutritional journey. And that is why we're here today. And I am so excited to introduce Chef Colin. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Chef. How are you? Hi, Dr. Colin. Thanks for having me on. This is amazing. Thank you, Thank you so much for being here. I am so oh, stoked for you to be here. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't wait to show you around my kitchen. I can't wait to, to talk to you about what you know in the kitchen, what I know, all these nuggets that people are going to really take home. And hopefully, hopefully everyone's got their journal and they're writing all, all of this down. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. So today's topic, we're definitely going to be touring through a chef's home kitchen. I think that is such a gem because once the pandemic, you know, hit, you know, the entire globe, we were basically sequestered, you know, inside our dormitories, our households, our apartments, you know, everywhere, right? And then we realized, hmm, 
I didn't realize, you know, cooking is a survival skill at this point, right? But you and I know that, you know, yes, you know, we can wine and dine, you know, um, our most loved ones, but it's really getting back into the heart of the kitchen, not just in terms of preparing our food, but also taking that back and, you know, up, you know, leveling our, you know, health and wellness. So that's why we're going to tour your kitchen today. Mm -hmm. But first, I want everyone to know, um, about your introduction, how you became, you know, got started from A to B. So please give us a little snippet about that. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, you hit the nail on the head as far as um, switching. The pivot actually came when I was uh, in Miami and the pandemic hit. But a little bit about me, I'll get to that in a minute. So my name is Chef Colin. I'm now a culinary coach, no longer a uh, chef in the commercial sense. I'm really just someone who wants to teach people how to get from A to B on their journey and change because I find it's really hard to maybe, you know, eat a new lifestyle. And, and that's my job is to support them and make the community. And, and we'll talk more about that today too. So for 27 years, I've been an executive chef, two of those years starting just before the pandemic, I switched my love of cooking food, which I thought people wanted, and they do, I'm not saying they don't, but it didn't really serve them now, what I know now and what you know, it didn't serve them properly. So I fell in love with the fact that food is medicine and cooking intentionally and functional food, all of those things really resonated with me. And it actually happened when the pandemic hit and I was forced to shut down my businesses. Uh, a friend of ours said, you know, why don't you ask people to open up their fridge and see what they have because they can't get to grocery stores. We all were stuck and we're all in the same boat. And so I used my ability to cook and my versatility in, in food and my knowledge of food. And I, I did this. I asked people to take a picture of their fridge and send it to me. And I fell in love with going through their fridge and showing them and teaching them how to cook functional meals that they could cook with their family. And then I started doing cooking classes uh, online so that the family could get together in the kitchen once a week and cook together and make delicious meals. And then I said, you know what, I can, I can do this and I love doing this and it's now my passion. I went back to school, got my plant-based nutrition and I took a high-end vegan course and really taught myself how to cook without the fats, without the sugars, without the gluten. That was, that was all I knew for 25 years of cooking and I had to change all that. And I said, if I can do this, the cooking's easy. It's really just getting into the mindset and setting up your kitchen properly and moving forward with that intention and then cooking intentionally. And, I, and, and that's what I love to do now. So that's what brings me to this point in my life. I love it. I love it. Especially the point where, you know, you noticed that, you know, you needed to change, you needed to pivot, right? Um, can you give us a little bit of insight into, you know, you're a classically trained chef, right? So, you know, from my point of view, you know, we're not really educated that much from a medical perspective, you know, schooling, you know, our medical schools, our training didn't teach us enough about nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, in the culinary arts, you know, we weren't, you know, uh, taught as much about, you know, the health and wellness aspect of it, or diving deeper into the plant kingdom and what you now know what is from your perspective, you know, why that is? And, you know, are, are there ways that we can change that if we could? Uh, well, I think there's definitely ways we can change it. And that's why, I mean, that's why I love what you do. A chef and a doctor are two things that should always be together. I mean, every chef should be a doctor and every doctor honestly should be a chef in some way, shape or form, or at least preach nutrition. And there's holistic um, doctors out there and, you know, I applaud them and I applaud our medical system. 
but I think they need to know a little bit more about how food works. And I believe chefs on our end really need to know how food acts, how in the body, how it um, really can elevate or hurt, you know, and I think they need to be more sensitive. There was a point in my career, and, and I don't know about you, but I was ignorant to the fact that there was gluten intolerances and all of these things that are very common now. And we know why now in the environment and everything else. But I was, you know, very egotistical and said, not in my place, no and no. And I think more chefs need more of the nutrition and understanding of what food does for the humans and that are eating it. And, and to be more savvy and to be more, uh, maybe compassionate is what I'm looking for to mm. what they're feeding and really love that this is about the diner. This isn't so much about me as the chef because they both can go together for sure. And if everybody had that mentality as a chef, I know that now, uh, if everyone had that mentality as a chef, the world would be a whole lot healthier, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, uh, you know, I tell a lot of people that, um, you know, especially my patients, I say to them that, you know, if you don't look at your kitchen, you know, as the, the vision of where your health starts, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't start cooking there, you're essentially outsourcing, right? Just yeah. like, you know, people complain about how we outsource jobs to China and India. In a way, you're kind of outsourcing your food and food preparation and meal preparation to, you know, takeouts and deliveries. And now we have DoorDash and Uber Eats and, you know, all this other stuff, which is great. But, you know, what ends up happening is that those businesses, they don't, their top priority is not looking after your health, right? Yeah. They're great establishments, great, you know, hardworking people. But at the end of the day, they're there to have a sustainable business, right? So it's up mm -hmm. to us, up to, you know, everyone that's listening to, you know, start back in your own kitchen and to know what goes into your food. So yeah, the heart, uh, the heart of every home is the kitchen. And, and if you look back when our ancestors or even moms and dads and grandmas, you don't have to look that far back or even the, the Eastern cultures, it starts in the kitchen. Everyone gets their hands in the kitchen. Everyone really knows how to put that energy into the food that they eat. And they're not they're not a push button society like we are today. And, and I understand the convenience and believe me, I, I do understand it as much as anybody else. It's so easy to get everything brought to you, but that's not necessarily, the easy way is not the right way. And, and, and <laughs> my job and what I love to do is show people that you can make it a lot healthier, just, just way cheaper and just as easy with a little bit of preparation, a little bit of motivation. And once they start feeling good, you just got to get the, you know, the momentum. And once they start feeling good and they're like, what, I got energy, this is great. And, and you tell them why and educate them, they won't hit that button. They'll say, no, I don't yeah. like feeling like that. And I don't like doing that. So yeah, you have to bring it right back to the kitchen. This exactly. is where it starts. And if this is set up and if this isn't cluttered, your mind's not cluttered, everything's kind of relaxed and settled and you get your hands in it. it. And the energy that goes into the food comes out, goes right back into you. And yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. So without further ado, let's start exploring your, uh, your kitchen. So let's start off at the fridge and let's uh, go from there. Okay, so I'm going to start with saying that this kitchen here is a little bit small. So this is my kitchen. I don't know if you can see it. This is the kitchen in West Palm. We mentioned that we're back home in Canada. So back home, I have a farm kitchen. So it's a little bit different. It's got a bigger island. It's got, you know, the gas stove and it's got all, all the bells and whistles as far as toys go. But the cool part was, is that coming here to the condo, it's very minimalistic. And this here now, how I set up is how I teach my clients how to set up. Back home, it's the same philosophies. The philosophy doesn't change. Our lifestyles are a little bit different. We're all living different lifestyles and some of us are fast, some of us are slow. Regardless of what that is, there's a couple philosophies 
that we can pull from today and use in anybody's, whether you're a businessman or you're a stay-at-home mom, there's something here for you. Um, so I want you to first notice my uh, my counters, okay? So we'll talk about that later, but that's how your counter should be. It should be decluttered. But yeah, let's get to the fridge now. We'll go through my fridge, okay? So you'll notice on my fridge, I should stop that. So on my fridge, I have my calendar, it keeps me organized. And I also have a list over here uh, that has my uh, items that I need to purchase, okay? Grocery list. Right, and the reason I have this, and I try to put the, I try to put the the synergy between what I would do in a commercial kitchen and I bring that into my home kitchen because there's a ton of things that are the same. In the commercial kitchen, it's very militant. I'm not so militant here in my kitchen. It's a little bit different, but everyone in my family knows that if something runs out, it goes on this board. If it doesn't go on this board, we're not getting it. And that really, you know, it, it saves, it wastes time and time is money. So if I don't have something for my clients or I don't have something for dinner that I need, there's a reason for it. So this board, everybody should have one of these, a little board, just write on it. When you run out of something or you know it's getting low, just go ahead and throw that on the list. And then whoever does the shopping can just look at this list, make their list and go shopping. So that's my first tip. Um, so in my fridge, this is kind of cool. I love that you're coming through my fridge. So I don't know where you want to look here. <laughs> um, so you'll notice that this is my freezer side. So I have, uh, I use Ezekiel bread, but I have uh, homemade gnocchi, all my fruits from my smoothies. I have some Benito and stuff like that down here. And this is a, this is another tip here. So this is a pre-made smoothie. Everything I need in my smoothie is right here in a one liter. So I mm -hmm. take this out the day before. And then in the morning, I just pop it in my blender and blitz it. It's got everything I need in it. So you make up a couple of those. I have some in a, you can either do it in a Ziploc or you can do it in these one liters. So that's what I have in my freezer. Very small amount in my freezer. Chef, let me ask you a question. Yes. Uh, yep. What? How do you determine what to put in containers and what to put in plastic bags or what to leave in op out in the open for the freezer? Because I saw that you have the combination of all of them. Um, so what do you mean by that? So uh, so these things here, like a yeah like yeah. A so you have them out in the open, and then other other ones you have in a plastic bag, and the other ones you have in actual container. How do you dis discern what to put in what? Um, so this was for a client. So I wanted to show them that you could do either or. So this is really the same item. I just okay. wanted to show that you can do that. It's really that comes down to the space that you have in your freezer. This takes up a lot of space. I use these more for my cupboards and you'll see that later, but they stack on top of each other very nicely. Mm. Uh, this is used a lot in industry and I bring this to a lot of people's homes. I'm starting to switch to jars more sustainable mm. than this. Um, but that's, that's what I would do there. These when my fruits are going bad, a lot of times people will cut them. We can use it. We can make dressings out of them. We can make chutneys out of them. We can mm -hmm. make a lot of things out of them. But if, if they go too ripe, then I'll just throw this in the freezer whole because when it comes out, it's going to thaw and I'm going to throw it right into a smoothie. The mm -hmm. intention here is that this is going to 100% become a smoothie and nothing else really, mm -hmm. unless I made a cold soup or something like that. That would be mm -hmm. that. Uh, ideally, if I was to intentionally prep that, I would have prepped it before it went too soft or before it got too ripe. I would have cut mm -hmm. it up and then put it into containers. If gotcha. it's processed, I would put it into a container for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Thank so you. Unpro unprocessed, I just throw it in to the freezer. So I hope that answers that question. Yep. Um, so in my fridge, when my produce comes in, I usually wash it free like this. So I'll put these into a bowl, my, my berries. I'll put my, uh, my romaine, my kale, all these things I'll put into uh, my sink, I'll wash them, I'll put them into my sink, and then I'll ozonate them and really get them sterilized and clean them. That's kind of my process. 
and then I'll put them into the fridge. I'll take all the rubber bands off, like uh, off my broccolini. I'll take the rubber bands off and I'll wash them and put them in to my fridge like that. I line all of my 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 crispers with paper towels. Okay, mm. You'll notice that each one has paper towels in there. And what I'm trying to do is take out the humidity in the fridge as much as I possibly can. So if anything goes in there wet, it'll absorb that. And then I change mm. that anytime I do my my groceries. I'll usually go through, take out what's bad, and then put mm -hmm. in what's good. And whatever comes out that's bad, I'll make a soup out of it, or I'll make dinner that night, or I'll process it somehow. Because that's the humidity my... and moisture will increase uh, it going bad. Right, yeah, all that humidity in there. And so opening and closing your fridge, putting things warm in there, that's a no-no, don't do that. One, you're gonna ruin your compressor in your fridge. And two, you're gonna add humidity to that, which would make all your, um, like your soft greens, they'll wilt, like my parsley or anything like that would wilt. And it creates that moisture in there, which will eventually make your food go bad quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, AKA the chef doc and Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole foods, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything that I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is whole foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long. And you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrivebyte. Welcome back to Thrivebyte. Let's get back to the interview. Now, I know in a commercial kitchen, you know, we typically put things in jars, we label them, we label like an actual expiration date. Um, you know, do you still do that um, here or what do you find is easier? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my fridge, not so much in, in my, in my commercial kitchen, we would have bins where everything would be. It's a little, well, it's a lot bigger. It's a walk-in fridge. It's completely different. And so the, 
the, the tub or the bus pan or whatever it's in would be labeled and dated. I don't do that here unless it's prepared and mm. I um, know it's going to sit there for a while, but I don't really typically have food that goes in there. But if you are going to store food, then 100% label it. And we can get to that when I get to the spice rack. Um, but you should label and date absolutely anything that is prepared so that you have an, expi an expiry date. And then you don't want to let that go too long. Everything's a little bit different, you know, fruit gotcha. and um, say a stew would last a lot longer or pickles. So we have pickles here that I don't need to put an expiry date on. So house pickles, my stock, so I have stock here. So this is veg stock. So I'll throw yeah. veg stock in. I don't have to label this. I know it's going to be gone. But if, if I didn't use veg stock a lot, you might want to label it. So okay. these pickles here, they're going to be preserved for a while. I don't need to put an expiry date so much on them because they got the acid in there that's going to preserve them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a rule of thumb, um, you know, what would you say, uh, you know, from like 24, 36 or 72 hours that like, you know, fruits and vegetables will last, starchy vegetables. Can you give us, do you have like a general rule of thumb? For the vegetables in the fridge and stuff like yeah, that? Or the produce, on the yeah. Mm -hmm. Produce, um, no, I let the produce tell me when it's going to be expired. Uh, I don't really have a rule of thumb. I always test my, my produce. I always like give it a, a wilt test and all those kind of things. You know that over time, broccoli is going to last in a, in a good fridge with not a lot of humidity. It's going to last, you know, two or three days easy. I don't stock up a lot. There's a lot of um, households that will stock up maybe once a week based on their location or geography. I don't know. I try to go to the markets or the uh, supermarket as much as I can for produce Dry goods is a different story, but produce, I try to go every two or three days anyways, mm -hmm. if, that's, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's move on to your dry goods, then. Okay. Uh, so I have some things on the shelf, which we can talk about. Uh, these don't go in the fridge. We can talk about them later. This is the area where I have all my small goods or all my uh, small wares, like plates and cutlery and all that kind of stuff. And then we're just going to go this way. So my pantry looks a little different. Uh, than my fridge. Mm -hmm. So when things come in, I put them into jars. This mm -hmm. is the functional part of my pantry because if I need to use these jars to pickle or do anything like that, I have these jars. Mm -hmm. These jars in my restaurant, 100% would be labeled every single one of them. Um, they would have to be that way. But because I know what these are, I know these are dates. I know what they are. And because I do the only, I'm the only one that does the cooking in here, I can, I can identify them. But things that are similar, I'll label because I don't know the mm. difference between these by looking at them. So I'll label them. One's cornstarch, one's baking powder. And as a, as a general getting to used to, everyone should get used to labeling. And then you can change that. But the labeling does more than just label it. It allows everybody in your household, if, if there's a lot of cooks, if there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar, you can. Uh, everyone knows that this is going to be quinoa because it's going to say quinoa. Um, it's very important for that if there's a lot of people in the kitchen to make sure that this is identifiable at all times. And I use, I use masking tape or painter's tape, sorry. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is because you can write on it with a Sharpie and it comes off. It doesn't stick. You can take it mm -hmm. off and relabel it very quickly. So we've always That's done that in industry. Uh, so if you use any other kind of tape, it sticks to it and then the adhesive sticks to it and it's hard to get clean. So I always That's have a roll of painter's tape and a little Sharpie to label whatever I need to label. And it looks like you're using mason jars for most of the items for the functional wares, right? Right, so mason jars or um, 
Dr. Gone, you'll see like here, that's my one liter. This is just a, it's again, not an occupational hazard, but an occupational hazard in an in industry in the commercial kitchens. We would use these because they're one liter. We know that, that that's how much is in here and they stack very well in a kitchen. So when you're doing a lot of mise en place, you can stack them perfectly. And if they drop, they don't break. In my mm. kitchen now, I use glass jars because there's not, again, not a lot of hands, not a lot of moving around, not very quick, but I use mason jars. And the reason for the mason jars is the functional part. Again, if I want to pickle, I can, I can use these as jarring and canning. I just need new lids, right? So I just go buy new lids instead of buying mason jars for jarring and pickling, and then one for containers for, you know, uh, dry goods. So that's Sounds how I good. That. Yeah. Thank you. And then over here I have oils, vinegars, and salts. So that's pretty typical and straightforward. I leave them all in the containers that they're in. And you would uh, uh, also roll a thumb with those, keep them away from sunlight, heat, um, and keep them behind closed doors? Yeah, you don't want any kind of light to get to really anything. That's why they're in the cupboards and not over top of your heat. Uh, you don't. You want to keep them at room temperature, not not hot, not warm. I have uh, you know honey in here. I don't want that to melt. But all of these, yeah, you just want to keep them. Like they're they're nice and cool. You don't want them too hot. You don't want them to ferment. You don't want anything to go wrong with them. So you want to keep them at a nice, uh, good temperature for sure. Sounds uh, good. Yeah, and they're they're that's all there. I want to show you my spice rack. It's it's kind of the same philosophy. If I could, let's do so, it. These are the spices, same thing. Everything's in glass jars. Anything that I don't know gets labeled. Here's my painter's tape and my Sharpie. So we'll label things that we don't know. Uh, I just labeled one for my wife here. It was Zatar spice. She likes it and she didn't know what it was. But if I don't know what it is, it just gets labeled and they're gonna be on the bottom. It's kind of like that duck. Remember that duck game? At the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking for the red duck. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Uh, so. Now, what now, the, now, 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 Chef, so why, why, would you, why would you put something in the drawer as opposed to being on your countertop where you could see it and reach for it? Is there a reason for that? Um, yeah, because I don't like this to be cluttered. I think it's very um, – we can come back over here. We, um, it clutters my mind. It clutters um, a little bit. It makes me kind of – antsy and, mm. and irritated. It's like anything else. If you go into your, your car or your truck or your room and it's not just so, it already puts anxiety in your body, you know, and you don't want any of that when you're cooking because cooking should be stress-free and you need to have fun and put that energy into it. So if anything, everything has a place in the kitchen and it should go there. And if everybody understands what that is, it's maybe a military way of thinking of it, but I know where my spices are. I know where everything is. And the reason that it's all here is because when I go to prep, I have a clean space and I can set it up the way that I want. And it's purposely orchestrated so that I can reach and grab and everything I need for prepping is right here to save me time, to save me steps. Uh, you know, you have your compost bowl and you set up this area that you're going to work. It's almost like if you, you know, went into a, do a painting, you would set up your paints and you'd set everything so, and you'd sit down and you might play some music and then you would get creative and you would draw and you would put it on there. Can you imagine you went to a painter's place and you're looking for your paint and there's squirts everywhere and mm -hmm. it would, it'd be very stressful and you probably wouldn't make the best painting because you'd be worried about stuff and it'd be a mess to clean up. So I like a very decluttered space. You can see over here, um, I have just because these are fresh curry leaves and my mortar and pestle. I mean, even that 
has a home and it's just not in it right now. So mm -hmm. that is a little bit out of place. The only thing that's on my counter usually is that. So I like a clean slate because it's like a clean slate every single time when I come into the nice. kitchen. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. A, 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 a mental and emotional tip along with the kitchen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a, they're together. And I, I talk a lot about how energy resonates into other parts of the home. And a lot of people, and, and I'm sure you're used to this, would come into the kitchen like, oh, God, I have dinner. I don't know what's for dinner. And, and this energy comes right into the kitchen. And then they don't care about what's in the food. And then that just snowballs into a whole bunch of other things. And it's not meant to be that way at all. Mm. Um, so if you start and you're calm, you prep with intention. And by me, intention, I mean what's good for you and your family. And use functional foods. And you're not making a recipe new every day and stocking full of inventory. Then it becomes fun. And if you can go right. into the kitchen and say, oh, I'm all set up, it's going to be fun. That's gotcha. how you approach it. And if you can get it to that point, then it's, it's golden. And cooking is great. It's fun. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Shall we go to your uh, dry uh, fruits and vegetables over there and then your prep station? The dried fruits and vegetables? These guys over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can bring them over to you. So I just got avocados, sweet potato in one bowl. Okay. So sweet potatoes, avocados. Once these get too ripe, I mean, we all know there's a small window. And then they, then they go into the fridge. Um, I have some coconuts, some bananas. Same thing. Once the bananas are gone, I'll, I'll cut them up and I'll put them in the freezer or I'll I'll use them or I'll make pancakes or something uh, right here. So then there's coconuts just to drink. There's some potatoes here. I don't put them in the fridge unless they start getting ears. Hopefully I don't, mm -hmm. um, hopefully I use them before that happens. Uh, tomatoes are there. Tomatoes, I want them to get sweet. A lot of times you'll buy them and they're not sweet. So I put them out to continue getting sweet. Once they get too sweet, I might put them in the fridge. The only thing that's not out here now is my onions and shallots. I just put them into the fridge. The reason I do that because um, some people I know don't and some people do. I find that when onions are at room temperature and you use a dull knife, that's what causes me to cry. And I, I don't know what causes people to cry with onions, but I guarantee <laughs> that if it was at room temperature and I cut it, I'll be crying. So oh. I keep them in the fridge for that reason. Yeah, there's just so many theories. And, uh, you know, I just tell people to wear lab goggles. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was uh, so many chefs I met had theories on it. So many apprentices, everybody had some kind of anti crying theory. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and I don't even know if there is one. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I guess my question is, is that for the ones that are on the countertop that are, you know, you don't necessarily need to put in the fridge. What ends up happening when you are prematuring, premature putting those items into the fridge? Does the taste profile alter? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say an avocado, you put directly, you went from store into the fridge and you don't put it out. Like what changes? I think... Well, in a lot of fruits and vegetables, it's going to be the sweetness level um, coming out. That is, that's one. And for me, that's for avocado. It's more of a personal thing. I don't really like cold, hard avocados. I want them to get to a point that they're ripe. And I like them at room temperature. Same with tomatoes. I like them at room temperature. Uh, but to me, it's, it's more of a sweetness thing. It just kind of stops in the fridge. It kind of stops their, I'm going to say growth, because uh, I don't mm -hmm. know what else to say. But it stops the, the, the natural process of them you know, like they would on the vine kind of keep going. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. Yeah. So would you say as a rule of thumb, whatever you see at the supermarket, that's not necessarily in the refrigerated part, you know, where the, it has the sprinklers um, mm -hmm. that you can put out 
you know, onto your countertop and the ones that are under the mists and under the refrigeration yeah. you can put into the fridge. Yeah, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good way to, to look at it for sure, because they do it. So you know that it's, it's good. I don't necessarily do what they do. There's some things that I'll put in the fridge because maybe it's because the health board wanted me to when I had my kitchen, my, my kitchens <laughs> or uh, kind of like the egg thing. Um, yeah. Or it's just something that I've always done. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, right? I mean, mm -hmm. your grandma might have done it. It might just be inheritance that you're used to seeing it that way. So that's why you do it that way. I'd say it's yeah. not right or wrong, but no one's ever said, hey, stop doing that. And if they did, you got to question why. I always ask mm -hmm. that question, you know, why would you do that? But yes, you're right, Dr. Colin, that if it's out there and they don't have it refrigerated, it's probably a good uh, good chance that you don't have to refrigerate it. Right. But right. know that because it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad a lot quicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I always said to people, real food is perishable and real food doesn't, you know, actually has an expiration date. So yeah. those are the things we want to gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, you want to give us uh, your quick tips on the prepping station? Yeah, sure. So the prepping station, I have a cutting board here. That's my prep station. So if you can imagine, I don't know if you can imagine this. So there's a triangle, which I call a dance floor. And there's a reason that over here are my smallwares. So I have my my silverware, anything that if somebody was to set the table is over here, my glasses, my plates. So anybody could come in, grab that and not really disturb me so much. So my prep station is over here. And there's a lot of tips that you can take from today when you're prepping. So one thing is always take what you need from the fridge to stop the amount of steps. The, the one thing I always say is slow down and think about what you're getting first. Don't take as many steps as it's a waste of time. So I don't like wasting time. So if you know the recipe, take a look at your recipe or take a look at what you're thinking. Okay, I got that. Go to the fridge with a bin, a bowl, doesn't matter. Grab what you need, bring it over to your prep board. And then there, you're going to have two bowls. There's one for compost and there's one for stock. Now, stock vegetables, we can talk about if you'd like to. So stock vegetables are things that we freeze to make that veg stock that was in my fridge. That comes from byproducts of what I'm prepping. Not everything goes in there, but you're always going to have two bowls when you're prepping. Always have tasting spoons, so just a tasting spoon in a jar. That way you can taste your food and constantly wash it off. Have five or six of them. That's what you're going to do. This cutting board, okay, always make sure it doesn't move, okay? So you're going to want to, I have a wet towel underneath here. So that wet towel is a paper towel, but you can use a wet cloth. Get it wet, stick it underneath, and it won't move. You need to have safety first, and you don't want that board shuffling around when you're chopping with your knife. Definitely. Okay. So if some of them have rubber feet that are off, which are good too. Just make sure that if they don't, you put that, that paper, uh, paper towel down. Then my spoons and my two bowls. Get everything you need. Bring it over here. If your garbage is far away, like mine's on the other side of this camera, I hate going over there to go to the garbage. So either have a third bowl or put your garbage beside you, and then stand here and prep least amount of steps that you can possibly take stand here prep your food and then when you're all done you're prepping you can take five minutes and put things away and then come back to prepping there's going to be there's going to be um times in your prep that you're going to have you know a minute or two while water's boiling or something's going on that you don't have to stand there that's when you utilize that time to put food away that's when you utilize that time to put stuff in the sink but mm -hmm. that dance floor i was talking about is you want to make from the fridge to the sink to your prep area or stove, this little triangle is kind of like the dance of a chef. This is where you're gonna go all the time. 
So you got to make that clear as short as possible and time is money. So we make everything right in one spot. So how do people, you have a lovely wife, right? So how do, how do you, how do you configure the dance triangle with another person? Yeah, <laughs> or I keep her out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just safer for everybody that way. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and no. especially, especially, you know, the, we didn't even talk about knives and that's like literally a whole nother session, but mm-hmm. definitely don't, you know, w- walk around or anything with a knife holding it by your side, you know, et cetera. So yeah, no, um, that's probably another session. Safety, we can yeah. Do. There's a knife safety. Yeah. And then knife sharpening. We can do honing and sharpening. We can, we can come back on here and talk all thing. about knives for sure. For sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is that we're going to take a quick commercial break, right? And then um, on our way back, we're going to go into the live Q&A portion. So for those of you that are watching, please type in your comments and questions so we can ask Chef Colin um, more questions that you have burning in your mind. And, uh, you know, we'll get back to it. So we will go, uh, go uh, for commercial right now. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, AKA the chef doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something, something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process. And learning about life was also a process and a practice. And that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She has given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. 
I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before, both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T-H-E-C-H-E-F-D-O-C. Thank you for listening, guys. And back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. All right, and we're back. All right, so we're going to go into the Q&A uh, portion, um, and uh, I'll read off a few comments that we received over time. Um, let's see. Can you hear me, Chef? I can, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Amazing. Good. Um, uh, so one, one, uh, commenter, Sahar, she says, I didn't know how humidity makes greens go bad, <laughs> I guess. And then she also added that, uh, you were going through your spice rack and she was like, you know, you could also <laughs> label the top of the spice containers as well. Uh, which is an interesting, uh, observation. I agree. Clutter is not nice to look at. So those are mm-hmm. our comments. And uh, so we don't have any uh, burning questions as of yet, um, but I would like to kind of go into uh, your program that you have and, um, you know, what is that program? Who is it targeted for and why did you create it? Yeah, uh, good question. So, yeah, the, the labeling the top, just to, that comment, it's, that's probably more of an ADD thing than anything. Yes, I could, but I I don't want the little blue things. That's, just, that's a chef thing. So I can label the sides and I'll go through them and that's okay. Oh um, yeah. We, we have, as I think one of the commonalities with doctors and chefs is that we definitely have a tinge of like OCD. Yeah. So I'm constantly organizing and, and making sure that it's perfect. So when you open it, it's, it makes me happy. Um, so there's definitely that element, but that's a good point. Very, very valid. Um, so yeah, my, my membership course. So now it's a monthly course. So, um, Dr. Colin, it used to be a big ticket item and it was essentially, it's the D2R. So it's dosha relationship reset. So it's your food relationship, kitchen reset, making sure that we purge and we make sure that it's functional. And then your dosha through Ayurveda, learning who you are, what you should eat and how to use food to balance your energy and really live a balanced life to prevent disease. So that's the broad stroke or baseline of it. But I found that it's it was very big. It was very hard to understand. And this, what I wanted to do is I was missing the people that were starting their journey is who I wanted to help. And I wasn't able to do so because I was talking a foreign language, it seemed. So I've taken that three pillars, the dosha, the relationship and the reset, and I've turned it into a monthly membership. So now it's very accessible and it's a monthly membership and it has tokens of appreciation for like cooking. I just, I, I want to give you something back. So it's a give and take and it's really about community now. So it's taking people 
you know, whether they got, you know, Dr. Colin, you said you need more greens. Not everybody knows what that means, or you need to get more iron in your diet. Nobody really knows what that means. And, and it might be a daunting task, or it might be hard. And I want to say that cooking's easy. And I want to com- create a community that says, hey, guys, we can do this. And we can do it very easily. We can do it very well, and very delicious. And we can uh, take out the gluten, the dairy and the sugar, we don't need it. So take out those three. And let's realign you and put you on a new path. And you know, I, I don't want to be with them forever. I just want to push them in the right. I just want to point them in the right direction and push them that way. So my D2R is now a monthly membership. And, uh, you know, I, I hope the whole world gets into it because that's what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And where can, uh, where are the best places to find you? Um, you can basically, Instagram is probably the best, uh, you know, at Chef Colin underscore. You can DM me directly that way. Uh, or my website, uh, chefgoodine.com are the two probably best ways to get a hold of me. Or you can email me at hello at chefgoodine.com. Okay. And we'll definitely put that into the show notes, uh, you know, when this gets uh, replayed uh, later on. Um, Going back to, uh, I love, you know, the, the program's concept. And I think that that transition of, you know, the whole why behind it, why do you think, you know, from your perspective, you know, having so many years in the industry, why do you feel like it's so hard to eat healthy or to cook in a healthful, you know, means or to actually like, you know, just where, why is that? Why is there a gap in your opinion? Uh, well, I think for each person it's different, but the biggest one is convenience. I think in today's day and age, it's way too easy from these big conglomerates that are out to make money, they don't have us in mind. And I understand it from a business standpoint, but it's so convenient, so easy. And then people are jumping on the newest trend and they're not thinking of themselves and they're thinking, and I was like this too in their youth, but they're not thinking of afterwards. And and no one's teaching them, I think. There's a disconnect. It's maybe our, our, our ancestors aren't around as much to say, hey, this is how you do it. No one's teaching us how to do it. It doesn't, it's not part of our life. Our life is very push button. It's very convenient. It's very mm. easy. And, and everyone seems to have excuses of, oh, I'm too busy or I'm, I'm this and I'm, I'm, I'm that. And there's no one there to say, listen, you're not too busy. Sit down, give thanks, have a nice meal, and then go to where you got to go to because it, in the end, it's better. And, and it's, life has just gotten too fast. And I think that's yeah. the biggest disconnect. And, and we got to get back to, we really have to get back to the way it was. You know, we need yeah. to slow down. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. And we got to tell more I, people to, to garden. Like even in this condo, like when I first got here, I started like growing stuff. I'm starting to, uh, I just asked my condo to put uh, gardens on the roof. There's dead, dead zones out there. There's really nothing growing, nothing doing anything. And I got the area. So I'm going to, in my condo, gardens. I'm going to, I'm going to put rooftop gardens, community gardens. Yeah. Know, why wouldn't Yeah, you? definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Especially, you know, just maximizing that space, you know, and there's a lot of new, uh, technologies with hydroponics and indoor gardens where, you know, there's just so many that you can do. Um, I definitely want to mm-hmm. do that. Um, you know, I'm going to be moving soon. So, but, uh, not now, but soon, but I think it's a mm-hmm. great utilization, especially, you know, the pandemic has taught us anything is about, you know, things are fragile, things are scarce, right. And if you don't take those tools into your own hands, you know, it's like, who's, who else is going to fend for you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, people doing, you know, God's work like yourself and, 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 and everyone that's in the healthcare industry for, in a broad stroke, and that's a big, big stroke, is taking the time to teach these people 
and, and teach everybody and kind of get together and really tighten up our belts and say health matters, nutrition matters, everything matters. We all matter. Slow down, you know, let's let's do this right. It's, Definitely. It's it needs to be. And, and another thing too, for those that are listening, I know Chef Colin would agree with this, but you know, it's getting back, not only being present, slowing down, but mm -hmm. also to refine and hone and reinforce those five senses. I, what I love about cooking, you know, and everything up until the cooking process is really just, you know, hearing things and tasting things and feeling things, right? Uh, we had another question that came in. Um, uh, they were asking, how do you cut corners, right? And um, I, I asked them specifically, you know, what do you mean, be a little bit more specific? And they were, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, cooking, like there, it was a really broad question, right? So I guess, you know, for the ones that are, let's just say are very busy individuals, right? And maybe cannot spend as much time in the kitchen. What would you say, uh, you know, to be a little bit more efficient or cutting down time in terms of, you know, maybe like gr the grocery run or, you know, the, the cooking process, you know, would you use more appliances? Like, what are your rules of thumbs in terms of like cutting down, like being a little bit more efficient and cutting down time for those that cannot spend as much time in the kitchen? Well, I think you have to be realistic on, is it, I don't have that much time or you don't want that much time. I, I think you have to actually look inside yourself and say, okay, I physically would love to, but I don't have time. Or you can make excuses saying, I just don't have time. I'm too busy. And that's like a false sense of I'm too busy. But as far as cutting corners is the functional, that's exactly what I teach. It's the functional food and the intentional cooking. And that is find out how much time you do have, look at it on a big scale and say, okay, in the morning I have a half hour. What can fit in a half hour? What can fit in an hour? When, when's the best time to go shopping? And then really make that list only what you need. And if you always have the same stuff in your fridge, same prep in your fridge at all times, it's like writing your own menu, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, in, in restaurants, we have a menu. We know what we're cooking every single day that people just come in and they do it the same time all the time. So it's being intentional with, with what you're doing and then being okay with what you want. If you want a five diamond gourmet meal and you want it in 10 minutes, I think you have to be realistic and say, <laughs> okay, I, I can't get that. So you have to say, if I want that, there's a time for that. But right now I just need something very nutritious, very quick. What is that? Research what it is. If you love it, that's what you do. And you make that a routine and be okay with eating the same thing every now and again. You know, it's mm -hmm. not necessarily taking shortcuts. It's just being realistic and plugging in where you can, what you need. And I also, the big, another big tip is prepping today for tomorrow. So if you're prepping salmon for tonight and that's your dinner, cook an extra filet and have a salmon power bowl tomorrow. Mm. That becomes your lunch. You know, and if, if you make that a process, like if you're going to make a cup of quinoa, make a cup and a half, save that quinoa for tomorrow. I mean, don't put it in your fridge and eat it all week. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that you can think with intention and, and know that tomorrow is going to be okay because I had dinner tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not necessarily you're the leftovers. You're, you're actually cooking intentionally yeah. for tomorrow. So you're referring yeah. to batch cooking and just like doubling or if not tripling your portions. Yeah, not batch cooking for like some people do it on Sunday and it'll go seven days. I'm not a fan of that, but I am a fan of dinner becomes lunch, lunch becomes, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Batch cooking Definitely. is a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the other way to look at it is if you go out, you know, uh, go out to eat, 
you know, we know that, you know, we're going to be receiving double or triple the portions of what mm -hmm. we're actually eating, you know, just eat half of it. And then, you know, just take out, you know, the carry out the, the rest of it, you know, so something like that. So, and that's another yeah. session in itself. <laughs> yeah. And the whole eating out, um, you know, don't do that as often. Um, you know, we don't know what's in kitchens unless you know the chef personally. Uh, they take a lot of, when you say shortcuts, they take a few, you know, we all know that and it's all processed and sugar and yeah. Yeah. And that adds to weight gain and that just adds to disease over, over time. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, I, I can't make a blanket statement for all, all, all restaurants and, and eateries, but you know, everything, you know, is by cost, right? Everything, you know, mm -hmm. is adding up to the bottom line. So in terms of ingredients, you know, what they choose, you know, something that's higher cost or something that's lower cost to make, you know, quote unquote, the same product, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And my D2R was like that philosophy in your home. Uh, it was, a, it was a lot about you take being the chef and, and the synergy between my restaurant and your home and, and the similarities, it, it, it is money. So your home's money too. When you go shopping, you have to look at cost and how far is that going to go? And what I don't like is the in your home is cutting corners and saying, I can't afford that. So I'm going to eat this. That is really where I'm trying to disconnect it and say, yes, you, you can afford that because we're going to do, we're going to make it go a little bit longer. You're not going to throw it out. You're going to do this with it. You're going to take, you know, you're going to buy a whole, let's say chicken. I'm just going to use chicken, for example. You're going to buy the whole chicken. You're going to make this dinner. You're going to make this stock. You're going to make this soup and you're going to make that salad. Your chicken, which is way cheaper than the processed chicken that someone else did, is going to go a whole lot further. And if you teach those things and if you teach how to do that, then you save money in the end. You know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, Chef Colin, thank you so much for, you know, spending the time, you know, your expertise and thank you so much for, you know, allowing us to be inside your kitchen. We, uh, it was, you know, great demonstration of, you know, how do you orient yourself? You know, how do I become more efficient? Where do I put stuff? Where do I store? And, you know, for those that are not able to hear this live or watch this live, you know, we can definitely replay this, but, you know, thank you so much for sharing, you know, just a snippet of how you operate within your own kitchen. Uh, Dr. Colin, chef, thank you very much for having me on. This is amazing. Um, I hope we can come on again and share more tips. Uh, thank you for coming through my kitchen and asking those questions. And thank you to everybody for listening. It was yeah, awesome. yeah. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, definitely find him on his social media um, and definitely subscribe to his program. I know it's going to be a good one. So um, for those uh, that are following, please like and subscribe to this channel and please follow Chef Colin. Thank you for everyone that's been watching. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.